Hello and welcome back to the Jeff Go To Go podcast, a production put together by the Standard Banner and its SB Media Project. I'm Dennis Barker Jr., sports editor at the Standard Banner, and pleased to be joined again by the head girls basketball coach at Jefferson County High School, Bo Lewis, as well as the head coach of the boys basketball team at JCHS, Andy Hill. We're here to keep you up to date and discuss all things Jefferson County athletics as the Standard Banner continues to find new ways to be your trusted local news source since, like it has since 1928. And of course, you can still subscribe to the Banner for less than $40 for a yearly subscription, which comes out to less than a dollar per edition of the paper. On top of that, you'll have full access to our website where we post all of our content. Some content is posted as it happens, so if waiting to get the hard copy of the paper is not your thing, you can check in regularly to get immediate coverage of the stories you're looking for. To set up a subscription, call our office at 865-475-2081 during normal business hours, which are 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Thursday. The Standard Banner is closed Friday through Sunday. Again, that number is 865-475-2081. With that, let's get into this second episode of the Jeff Code to Go podcast. Bo, Andy, how have y'all been? Doing great, man. Good to be back for the second episode. Look, been looking forward to it. I've just been busy with school and a little conditioning going on here and there. Uh, conditioning in uh, the heat wave? <laughs> well, that's pushed us to the inside for the most part, but yes. I've uh, been trying to get as much in as we can a couple of days a week is all we're doing right now. It's been awful outside. Andy, what have you been up to since the last episode? Uh, pretty much the same. Started to get back in the, the swing of school. Um, as far as our basketball program, um, kids have done some community service work. Uh, and like Coach Lewis said, uh, preseason conditioning, we've been in the weight room. Um, we'll start uh, our three-player stuff. Um, after Labor Day. Uh, well, I mean, of course, I mean, yeah, it's been hot out, but, uh, you know, everybody's still been after it. We're a couple of weeks into fall sports, uh, you know, just kind of keeping up with things. What have been your all's general ov- over- overall observations of uh, how uh, Patriot Athletics have been doing so far? Strong start. Exciting atmosphere, especially last Friday. Uh, massive student section. Um, as big as I've seen. Uh, just as far as sheer numbers, um, it seemed like it went up pretty high in the the, the bleachers, as high as you could see. So um, I think we've gotten off to a strong start. Um, good bounce back last Friday in football. Uh, our other sports are, um, have gotten off to a pretty strong start as well. So we're rolling here in the Valley. That's one thing I was going to mention was the student section, how impressive that was to – just look up there, and 15 to 20 rows deep of, uh, I think it was a whiteout night, and Maddox Rogers and Obo, they had them, had them fired up over there in the student section all night long. Uh, Maddox put a bear through a table during the pep rally? Is, well, Dr. Cagle that? started Okay. the, uh, the, the <laughs> they went on a bear hunt, and uh, Dr. Cagle, I'm not sure if you have seen the video. I, I, I can't believe it hadn't went viral yet. It might. <laughs> But uh, just coming out of the stands like he did and gave it the old people's elbow there. It was pretty awesome. Then Maddox followed up to uh, pretty much hammer that table. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm always good for it. I'm one of the guys, if I'm, at a, if I'm at a wrestling show, I'm one of the guys chanting, I want tables. So uh, always pleased to see something go through a table. Uh, something uh, we had last week as well that I, I think 
not just athletically, but for our entire student body. We had a, a guest speaker uh, that was provided through our relationship with BSN and Herf Jones. And uh, this guy's name is Kevin Atlas, um, one-armed basketball player from uh, California. He's kind of a world-renowned speaker, and uh, he did a, a tremendous job of kind of reminding us all why we're here um, and giving us a perspective to, you know, life is what lens you choose to look through. And um, you know, I think it was a really good message to our student body. And uh, one of the few times that a speaker has shown, and I've seen a difference in kind of the way people have interacted since he's been here. So very positive uh, last few days here and uh, at the school. So hopefully that continues. Yeah, but to build on that, just a lot of culture building. I felt like that Thursday and Friday, and Mr. Rogers kind of made note of that too. You know, you try to have some things that are memorable for the students, and those two days are, were certainly already a great start to this school year to, that are hopefully they can take with them for a long time just some good memories from those two days that could be impactful for a lifetime, especially like Coach Hill said that Thursday with Kevin here. That was That was a fantastic day well it certainly seemed that it uh carried over to uh well it carried over into friday night i mean you guys already talked about the atmosphere and how great that it was but then the football team absolutely executed on friday night big win over sevier county uh if you missed it of course um patriots rushed for over 400 yards i mean just absolutely obliterated them on the ground i, I don't know that i've seen a more impressive rushing performance um certainly not in my time here but I don't know in my time covering high school athletics. Well, it was impressive. I mean, Coach Riley has talked about his running backs uh, just these last couple of weeks a lot. Uh, just small talk that I've had with him at, on lunch duty or whatever during the day. But uh, he he really loves those backs. And I tell you, I was really impressed with Omari on Friday night. And I think that might have been the best game that I'd seen him play in, you know, going on the second year that I've been back here. So uh, I was glad to see him uh, finally get out there and just – kick it out of that third gear, pick it up a notch, and, uh, man, what a great time to do it at home against Sevier County. Definitely seemed like one of the best games that he's had since he's been here. I mean, every single rush ended up going forward, uh, probably averaged about five yards a carry at least, um, over 100 yards rushing. He and Sean Jackson both, that was one that really stood out to me, uh, sophomore uh, I know Spencer's really excited about him. Darren Cunningham, the running backs coach, really excited about the the, the way that he's come along. Um, and he certainly got to show out on Friday night as well. I haven't coached Sean in basketball. He's um, what you want in an athlete. Uh, he's extremely coachable, lifts up his teammates, comes around, his positive attitude and his energy is infectious uh, in your locker room. So he's a guy that's uh, – that, <laughs> Regardless of the sport that he was going out uh, to play, I think he would make anybody better. Uh, and it's not a surprise that he's having the success that he's uh, having early on in his sophomore season. Um, I, I look for that to just to see if he can stay healthy. I look for that just to con to continue on into to the remainder of the football season, into basketball season, and into track. Um, he, he's a guy that just makes you better. I mean, what a treat that is to have four backs like we have in the backfield. You know, we what hadn't we even mentioned Dallas just yet. Yeah, we did in, in yeah, episode we, one. Yeah we, yeah, we talked about that in the in the first episode. And I mean, God, that's Skyler. a good problem to have. Oh, man. And you mentioned Coach Cunningham. I, I'm 
poke my head out there and been out there at practice time a few few days and just uh you know seeing him out there how fired up he gets that hat backwards with his wristbands on he's sweating just as much as the players are just out there coaching the heck out of them so uh you know i know they're really excited about those those fellas in the backfield when he grabbed me even even just before the season started and said when are we doing the story on the best running back room in the state <laughs> and i mean keep putting on performances like friday night i think we'll have quite a few quite <laughs> a few stories on absolutely them. Uh, I don't think that uh, you know, with with the success that our offense did have, I think it uh, can't get lost how good the defense has been both games um, early on in the year. Um, defense has only allowed one touchdown on a drive that's crossed the fifty. Yeah, uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, we 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 gave them one late there, but all in all, um, they've been pretty impressive for two weeks. Uh, that'll need to continue this Friday as they go on the road. First region game at Science Hill. Um, and so I got to talk to some of our coaches about um, when we played Oak Ridge. You know, kid, kids that come from those storied programs, um, and I know that Science Hill probably has a deeper resume in basketball than they do in football, but those those schools, Science Hill, Dobbins Bennett Green, th- those kind of city schools, only school in the city school system. Um, it's it's very important there. Um, and, and those kids expect to win. They don't hope to win. They walk on, and it doesn't matter the sport. Um, they walk on the field. They walk on the court. They expect to win. And that's, uh, for our kids, that's something that um, they've got to match that mentality or exceed it. Well, you certainly saw an expectation to win, I think, this past Friday. I mean, got off to a great start. Andy, like you mentioned, the defense on uh, on Friday night, I mean, got off to a great start, pushed them 14 yards backward in three plays, forced a three and out, get a punt, and then offense gets the ball and scores in two plays. I, I don't think that you can get off to a much better start to a football game. No, certainly not. And like I said, uh, defense has been stout for two weeks. You know, the best thing – that uh, a young quarterback can have is a good defense, a good running game, and we were able to accomplish those two things on Friday. Hopefully that will us, give us some momentum uh, heading into two very important weeks. Um, basically, I mean, the next two weeks for us are going to decide heavily on our finish in the region. Um, you know, if you, if you win both of them, you're in the driver's seat. If you split, you're – got a great opportunity to host a first round playoff game which we have not done since I was a freshman in high school so um, this team certainly has the talent and the ability to go do that um, like anything it comes down to execution so uh, hopefully the, hopefully they'll have a, a good week of practice leading up to uh, this Friday at Science Hill and, and go up there and kind of replicate and build upon some of the things that they were able to do last Friday against Superior County. One before we move on to those first couple of games, you know, j- just a little bit of house cleaning from this one. I, I don't think as a coach you, you could find many things to be upset about. Spencer Riley's not any coach though, but still, I, I think that he did have a point. You know, he talked about how the team came out after the lightning delay, fifty-one minute delay. So I mean, you obviously got to reset everything. They got the ball down on the goal line, get one play to score, didn't get it. And, uh, you know, one of the things he said was, quote, I am disappointed with the way we came back out after the lightning delay. We didn't finish. And if we're in a close ball game, that cost us the game. We can't do that. 
I understand what he means by that. I mean, just on the basketball side of it, there's sometimes that you wish you didn't have a halftime. You know, you you might be playing great that first half, and then you go in there for those 10 minutes or whatever, and you come back out and you're flat for whatever reason. And uh, so same kind of scenario right there. So I understand what he was saying. Um, so, you know, as a coach, you're always trying to find ways on uh, make your team better and how we need to build on, you know, something we need to build on, win or lose. And, you know, that's one of those areas that, you know, you just got to stay focused and try to continue to bring that energy. I mean, it's never enough, Rod. No. You, well, <laughs> as a coach, you, you, you've dominated the game the entire night and you want to finish it off. Mm-hmm. And human nature is in, the, in that situation, especially with an unexpected break, is to be average or complacent. I mean, you know, they're coming off the field. They're getting to be up close and personal with the crowd. They're telling them they're the best thing. You know, <laughs> everything's great, wonderful, and, and it's it's a it's human nature to, to let up. Um, as coaches, you you want to see guys just uh, go out there and like and play like the score is nothing to nothing. Play like that that down is you know as important as any other down uh, in, in the game. Not that. You're up 41-14 with a chance to make it, uh, you know, with a chance to increase your lead. You, you want to go out there with the mindset of it's 0-0 zero, zero and, and you want your players to play present. So um, I understand where he's coming from. Human nature and, and uh, our tendency is, is just not – I mean, it's, it, it takes a lot of work to get to that point where your kids are just like, you know, we're, we're going to go out here and compete regardless of the score or uh, – how much time is left in the game. Well, of course, Andy, you already brought it up. Uh, these next two weeks are going to be huge, um, you know, especially as far as the postseason picture for these guys. Um, as coaches, I mean, do you end up stressing games like this more than you do others? I mean, h- h- how do you really approach that? Try not to. You try not to. I mean, I, you know, I get tore up over – Whoever we're playing, it doesn't. I mean, you know, you know, you got your rival games. He's you got big games. He does get to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, you know, you, you don't take anybody for granted. Now, you know, you try to focus on what's in front of you right there and try not to get ahead of yourself. So, um, you know, it's easier said than done. I mean, I, you can't say you don't think of maybe that opponent you have coming up a couple of weeks down the road. But honestly, you just try to. Stay grounded and, and focus on what's in front of you that one game, and uh, that's your next step. And uh, try to stay focused. Try to keep your players focused as well. It's, it's difficult sometimes, but, um, you know, I, I try to approach each game the same, honestly. I mean, I've said this for years. The, the, the thing that I'm envious most of with, fo- with football is the regimented schedule. Because unlike basketball, basketball you can't predict that week to week. It's it could be vastly different. Football, Football you can predict it from five years out. This is what we're going to do on June the third. This is what we're going to do on August the twenty sixth. Like you can look at a calendar and you know exactly what you're doing. So from that standpoint, I think it is easier because it is so routine hardened uh, that you know they just stay within the routine and they go about what they do just like it's any other week. Now, your kids are not dumb. They know it's not any other week. Right. And I think trying to ignore that, probably not the smartest thing in the world to do, but I think you frame it in the sense of, listen, this is why you do this. This is why you 
come out here and you go through summer and you go through training camp and, and you play you play football at Jefferson County to play in games like this. Exactly. So, you know, uh, embrace it, put in the work, and, you know, I, when our kids start to, I wish it was, you know, if, if we have a game on Friday, whether it's a big district game, I wish it was just Friday. Embrace the anticipation. That's something that goes along. The anticipation is fun. Preparing for that is fun. You know, marking the days off the calendar to get to a certain game when you know you've done the right thing on that day is fun. So kind of embrace that anticipation and and do the right things leading up to to game time. Well, last year, I mean, this was a Science Hill team. You know, I mean, they lost some key pieces off of this team. But, I mean, they're Science Hill. Like you guys said, I mean, they're they're the only they're the only school in the city. They're a six A school that relies on mostly Johnson City kids, whereas you know Jefferson County is also a six A school, but it takes everybody in the county to put it in that. And that's always been something that's interesting to me. But yeah. I mean, yeah, they are a team that they can reload with talent, and I mean, by all means, it looks like that they have. But you know, th- this is a team that last year Jeff County by all rights probably could have beaten. You look at the scoreboard and say 21-7, to 7, how do you figure that out? But that doesn't take into consideration that you fumble the ball on the goal line one drive, um, had another drive that was on its way in to score. That also resulted in a turnover. So, I mean, you're talking about a, a minimum 14 to 28-point swing right there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the game that we played on fall break it last is. year? See, that that whole game to me just fell off. We <laughs> yeah, were at home, did. and it just there was no energy in the stadium with being fall break. We didn't, you know, there were some key pieces not here that night for that game. Um, you know, fall break, all the students, all our kids weren't here, you know, most of a big chunk of them. So that night just felt off to me as a fan, even standing over there on the sideline the whole night. Well, it, it was tough because your two biggest region games last year, Science Hill was on fall break, mm-hmm. Dobbins Bennett was your homecoming game. I mean, and – you know, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys homecoming. You know how how mindsets can get shifted with everything going on throughout the sure. week and all that stuff as well. Well, it's kind of like similar to our senior night, I feel like, you know, or something like that for basketball. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what were you going to say on that fall break game last year, Coach? Well, it seemed like that we played a large majority of the first half of the game on their side of the 50 and didn't get much for it. Yeah. Um, and as far as the homecoming deal, I mean, you know, as a coach, you look for any type of edge. I'm sure Dobbins Bennett's coaching staff repeatedly told them they, they picked you guys for homecoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you're their homecoming game. Yeah. So, when in reality, uh, it wasn't necessarily a pick. It's just no, we got to no, put it no, somewhere. I mean, it but is, as a coach, you play on Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you play like, like for us, we use we have the last district game. Uh, as senior night, we don't do the last home game, and it's because of weather. We know that game has to be played, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm sure if you're Morristown West or Morristown East on the other side of that, you look at it like you know, they picked to have their senior night a month ahead of their last home game because they want to do it again. You you use anything that you can mm-hmm. that that you can kind of grab grab at and and for for. Uh, a second or two of motivation in practice or something like that. It's, it's not going to – at the end of the day, it's not going to make a difference in the outcome of the game. But, you know, if you need a second or two of focus, it can buy that, which can have an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think 
you know, good news is we play we played on the road. We've had some things go against us, so it won't be like it's the first time that we're uh, playing a road game this year. It won't be the first road game for young quarterback, which is good. So I think big importance on a on a, a good week of practice and um, go build on the things that you you uh, started to do well last week. Well, and continuing on the defensive side of things, you've already seen a very talented group, in my opinion, that Oak Ridge had. And, I mean, granted, the scoreboard's going to say 30-13 to 13 at the end of the day, but like we talked about, not a single offensive drive that they had resulted in a touchdown that had to cross the 50. All of them came with short fields. So I think that this is going to be another good test for the, for the defense because this, by all means this is a Science Hill team that seemed to have found its footing last week. I think Jeff County and Science Hill both have some similarities in how they're going to enter this week because the first week they, they took some pretty t- tough losses that maybe they didn't expect. Second week they both bounced back. So I, I think this sets up as a really good week three matchup and a star-studded matchup for a region opener for sure. Well, we knew coming in, we talked about it on episode one, but just talking with the coaching staff too, Knew we were going to be battle tested these first several games of ours, and uh, I didn't mention it earlier. Just I was I was proud of our team, just how they bounced back from that week one. You know, uh, going on the road. And I, we had talked about this. They already. didn't look like a team that had lost. No, no, and and that you know, kudos to the coaching staff for getting them refocused for the week and and focus on that next game being Sevier County. So I was I was really excited just to come back Friday night and see see the bounce back that we had and the fire that we had in us as a team. So I think that speaks very highly of the coaching staff and our and our and our boys out there on the field. I mean they like you said, you wouldn't have known that we'd had the struggles that we did the week before. I thought they tuned up a, a lot of things out on the field. Just overall, you know, you mentioned we'd talked about the running backs, but even uh, special teams and you know, our offensive line, I felt like Got better pushes this past Friday night, obviously. To, well, to that, that, that's backs. one thing I wanted to say. Back, back, I mean, back whenever I played football, the the old saying was "make a hole big enough for a Mack truck to drive through." Mm-hmm. Being practical and real, I don't think that those holes were big enough for a Mack truck to drive through. <laughs> but I, I feel confident that my wife's trailblazer could have gotten through them unscathed. <laughs> I mean, it was just an absolute beating. Yeah. Well, it was a fun game to be a part of. Uh, just watching it from the fans' point of view and. Like I said, the, the crowd that we had and just the support for the football team, that was great to see Friday night here in the Valley. All right, let's move on to soccer. Um, a little bit of an up-and-down start to the year. Uh, got a couple of wins last week. Uh, got a uh, win at Knox Halls. Uh, Molly Ketterman hits the only goal uh, in the 59th minute to push them ahead for the victory. Um, but first week of the season – Bit of a rough one. Bo, I'm, I'm, I'm going to frame this one for you. Um, if I told you that you're going to start your basketball season and you're going to be without Matty Hogg, you're going to be without Brooke Satterfield, and I don't know, <coughs> one of your best on-ball defenders that's not either one of them, how are you feeling about the start of the season? Well, you know, we face those challenges every day, every year as a coach, and you really – that's why you – Put in you, you're, hope, you're hoping that your team, your players put in the work during the off season, and you know you've been practicing hard with, like in our case, I have 22 other players besides who are those three are that you have to say, hey, next next girl up in those situations. Uh, you hate to see any any of your players hurt, and uh, 
but that is unfortunately part of our game. And we went through those injuries last year as a basketball team. Mm-hmm. I had uh, my starting point guard out. I had we lost Sidney Dockery in the first mm-hmm. few games of the season. We missed and Briley Lindsey uh, a little bit later in the season. We missed those players tremendously. Uh, Sidney and Briley in the paint uh, didn't have those girls to to beat and bang up against uh, you know East post play, against Ella or you know Sevier County their post players we we didn't have that we missed that all year now you know it worked out for us at the end of the year caught a good run there at the end but um, you know unfortunately that's part of the game and I know our soccer team here they have certainly had their challenges here to start out with as far as those injuries go. And I know uh, Taryn, she was out a little bit with a concussion, I think, there for a week or two. So she's back now, right? So glad to see that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I hate the injuries. I hate it for any team. I hate to see that for any program. Yeah. And uh, Well, and I mean, ju- I mean, just to full-on address it, I mean, yeah, you, Sean Way starts out the year. I felt so bad for him. I mean – Talked to him literally a week before the season started and asked him because I, 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 you know, like I told you guys when we talked in the first episode, he said, "If we stay healthy, this is what we can do." And I asked him, I said, "Still healthy?" He said, "Yep, still healthy. Got one scrimmage to go, and you know, we'll start the season. Mm-hmm. Come to take team pictures. Searley's in a boot. They go through their next scrimmage." Evie's got a con- concussion. So there goes your two leading scores before you get to the first match of the year. And that first week was definitely, I think, a tough one. But I think, you know, they lost 2-0 to Dobbins Bennett in their second match of the year. And that's by, by all means, that's a team that they could see in the first round of the region tournament. It was a team that they saw last year. Um, and they were still competitive with them, even without their two leading scores and one of their top defenders. On top of that, they still have other contributors out, other girls that they like right. to play and rotate in. I mean, I think in total we were talking six girls that were missing through that first week of the season. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, of course you got 11 on the pitch, but that's that's tough to go through. Um, Brutal. Yeah, so the fact that they were able to be competitive, I think that that's a good sign for what the postseason can be, again, with that caveat if they can stay healthy. Sure, yeah. Uh, you just – sometimes you have seasons like that where you see so many injuries, you, you think you're going to be all right and you're healthy, and then bang, you know, one, one play later you have somebody out. So I hate it for Coach Wayne and the girls, but, uh, you know, they have picked up a couple of wins since those injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, so those other players are getting those minutes and, and experience out on the floor or out on the field. So hopefully by the end of the season – you know, that's going to pay dividends for, for our soccer team. Well, and five matches into the season, it's, it's kind of interesting. Their two wins are clean sheets. Their three losses are clean sheets. You've got a zero on one side of the board or the other. Kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing. I, I guess it's going on for them right now. I have been there, and that is so frustrating <laughs> as a coach because uh, you don't know which, which group you're going to get out there that day. So that can be frustrating. Um, Certainly, but uh, I did see. I mean, Natalie's playing out of her mind, though. <laughs> what a fifty-seven saves in five matches. I mean, that that's pretty unbelievable. And good yeah, for her. Yeah, well, and in two of those, she hasn't um, she hasn't played the full um, full eighty minutes either. So I mean, that's I mean, she's doing some incredible work. She, you know, obviously that that first week she saw an elevated amount of balls kicked her way but still I mean to be able to to play the goal like she has been um, that, that, that's certainly a good sign and obviously it's only going to get better as they continue to get healthy get back to full form and 
you know, if they can stay there, um, you got to like their chances. Um, this week, uh, probably as you're listening to this, it could be tonight. Uh, they will. Uh, they play Sevier County on Tuesday to open up their district, and uh, you know they haven't lost a district match since uh, 2021, I believe, maybe even before that. Didn't lose one all of last year, and absolutely dominated the league. So uh, you know, how important is it going to be to continue that streak and getting off to a good start on uh, Tuesday night? Well, I'm putting my money on Coach Way. You know, uh, he's a veteran coach. He has seen it all through uh, these almost a couple of decades that he's been here on campus and in, in the Valley. So, you know, it, that is added pressure, I guess. If you look at that, uh, if you say, you know, you start hearing those stats that you haven't lost in a year or two uh, at district play. So, you know, I don't, I don't coach way so level-headed and uh, I, those things aren't going to get to him. And I'm sure his players, he's not going to, if he's not showing a lot of emotion toward that, then, you know, they're going to feed off of him. So I'm sure that's not even in their head, honestly. Andy, how do you uh, how do you handle pressure like that whenever you've got such a big winning streak against like opponents going on like that? I, I think that, you know, I mean, staying in your routine is important. Just uh, continue to go back and do the things that, uh, that you've done to get you to that point. Um, you know, don't uh, – Again, it, it, human nature says otherwise, and and, and kids are going to notice. You know, they're they're going to know the, what the record is. Um, but kids also do a good job of living in the moment, even if it's vice versa, and you've lost a couple in a row. Um, you know, they they bounce back and are resilient, and and I, I you know, uh, I, I think they do a good job of of kind of living in the moment and being where where they are in the present. So uh, as long as you stick to to what got you to that level of success and try to keep going back uh, every day and you know, continuing to do those habits, then you know, you, the results will, will hopefully continue to be in your favor. Um, and, I mean, realistically, you know, basketball is this way. Football, you get so few chances. You work for, I mean, the, the, the most games that they can play is 15, uh, 16, I, I can't remember how many that weeks. I don't the, know the, for the, certain. But. Um, but I'm trying, I mean, I, I think it's like if you go play in the state championship game, I, I, I can't remember exactly how many weeks the playoffs are, but, I, I mean, they play ten regular season and then five or five or six in the postseason. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, with with the majority of our sports, they're postseason sports. So, you know, a couple injuries early on, a couple losses early on, um, maybe you know, maybe those injuries. You, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but maybe those injuries allow you allow you to build some depth that helps you moving forward. Uh, maybe some of those losses are a stepping stone or a learning. Uh, uh, you know, you can use that to go back and learn. And, and once you get to that position in the postseason, you're playing that same team. Uh, maybe your kids have the chip on their shoulder. So um, I, I do think that fighting or. or Long, long-term success is hard to sustain because it's a lot easier to get to the top of the mountain than it is to stay there uh, because once you get there, everybody else is chasing you. So staying in that routine and, and, and continuing to build the habits that got you there probably the most important thing to continue the success. 
Well, you've dealt with a, a similar situation in your time at Central. I know that you would have some football guys that wouldn't be able to join the basketball team until a little bit later in the season. So, with the kind of situation that they, you know, they, uh, Coach Way's group had to deal with uh, losing a couple of girls in the first week and now getting reintroduced back into the lineup, what kind of challenge is that? And I mean, how, how, how do you go throughout, I guess, that adaptation process? Uh, you, you know, from a from a basketball standpoint, I get these are all experienced players, so they know uh, from a schematic standpoint. Uh, it's not like you know they're missing practice time right now, but they're experienced players, so they have a, a, a good knowledge and a good understanding of what they're doing schematically. So that way, when they are healthy, you can plug them back in and play them. Um, that's where you know for basketball coaches, the month of June is extremely important for. Uh, for us, with a guy with 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 a lot of multi sport guys, especially football, because you know you, you don't want to bring them back if you're getting them back in December, like I was at Central when we were winning state titles. Uh, those guys don't want to come in and sit on the bench for two or three weeks while they're trying to catch up. You want to have uh, kind of your, your your base of what you're doing offensively and your base of what you're doing defensively uh, covered in the summer, so that when you do get those guys back or uh, girls back from from whatever. Um, you can go ahead and get them back in the lineup and get them playing, because um, you know it's it's the good thing about it is these are experienced um, kids, so they do have an understanding of what they're doing from a scheme standpoint. So once they get healthy, they'll be able to return pretty seamlessly. Uh, well, yeah, uh, like I said, uh, Jeff County going on the road to Sevier County uh, to start their uh, district schedule. Obviously, three district opponents, Sevier County, Morristown East, and Morristown West. Looking for a three-peat in the district this year, and uh, that gets started on Tuesday night. Uh, let's shift over to volleyball, guys. Um, you know, we talked. They've got a first-year head coach, Paige, Paige Kyle, uh, taking over the program. Got her first win in her first match. Since then, though, a couple of district losses. Um uh, any thoughts on uh, your all's view of the volleyball program so far? Well, I think that probably the best thing to do is look at look at her quote right here. She knows her team better than we do, and look, looking at what what she has to say about her girls, uh, she's one hundred percent correct. Mindset is hard to coach, um, and it doesn't change overnight. You want it to, but it doesn't. Right. Um, it has to be sustained. I talked a minute ago about your habits. At the end of the day, you are your habits. Nobody rises to the occasion. That's that's the biggest fib in sports. Nobody like lifts their game <coughs> up. No, that's who they are like all the time. Um, you know, you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. Whatever your habits are every day, that's who you are. Um, you know that that's that's why I'm. You know, when you talk about clutch players, that's why Michael Jordan's always brought up, or Kobe Bryant, or people, you know. But that's they, – they work so hard, they constantly put themselves in that moment. So, uh, from, a, from, from Coach Kyle's standpoint, you know, it, she's 100% correct when she says you can work on skills and specific plays. But, you know, try, trying to, to, to uh, instill a mindset during the season uh, is extremely hard to do. Um, because ultimately, you know, if you've got a young group, uh, they're, they're going to they're gonna sink to the level of their habits. And changing those habits only happens over time. 
Well, and for, for full context here, uh, Andy's talking about her quote. It's from her uh, from Cock, uh, Jeff County's last match as a 3-0 loss to Cock County, and she said, our mindsets need work. One mistake and we're done. It's not a talent issue. It's a mindset, and that's the hardest thing to fix as a coach. We can work on skills, drills for specific plays and all that, but you cannot train a mindset when they're on the court. I think that's what's holding them back. And, of course, that comes after a tough week. I mean, you, you go to Sevier County, you're 1-1 through two sets. Sevier County ends up edging out the, the third set, and then after that I just, you know, like, like she said, one mistake turned into several mistakes. It just snowballed. Um, end up losing that match 3-1. And then against Cock County, you know, same thing. I think they led early in every single set, but then Cock County would pull ahead and would end up putting it away. I mean, that, that, that's obviously got to be tough to go through as, as, a, as a coach. That's hard. I mean, I, and like Coach Hill said, she obviously knows her team 100% better than what we do. But uh, as a coach, I'm just thinking of basketball and the experiences that we've had on this side. When you have those top scenarios or seasons, you really hope that your leadership rises up with, within the team, your players. And I know she's, she has some really good seniors on that team and a couple of juniors that I hope that can maybe bring that team together and find uh, that jail that they need as, as far as that goes. Uh, I know she's playing some younger girls. This is a big freshman class we have coming in just in other sports as well, not just volleyball. I know we're going to have around 10 freshmen on the basketball team for the girls. And then I have seven seniors. So, you know, there, there's got to be a mix there. You've got to – there's got to be some uh, – Team bonding, team building, top scenarios within the team. I'm not talking about Coach Kyle. I'm talking about the players themselves. Sometimes they have to step up and and, and be leaders on the team to uh, help bring that team together. Well, you mentioned freshmen, and they've got one that certainly stands out. Um, Arian Blaze. Um, please tell me you've recruited her for basketball. I've tried. I got <laughs> shut down. Uh, I met her, so we did our uh, school physicals. And when all the athletes came over to the Patriot Academy one day and uh, we were doing the physicals and I saw her come in, I, I think I mentioned to Coach Hill, I was like, all right, who is this freshman coming here? <laughs> so we went to find out and uh, her mom, I think, was with her. So I, I went right up to them as soon as I saw her and I said, hey, you here for basketball physical? And they just kind of looked at me and uh, smiled and said, no, we're just volleyball. So, you know, so she's just – Volleyball, apparently. That's that's unfortunate. I, she she's done incredible so far on the volleyball court. I mean, certainly stands out. And then you learn that she's a freshman, and it does not look like a freshman. Not not in her stature or the way that she plays. Well, and, and I'm sure Coach Kyle's getting the most out of her that she can with her being a freshman. And you know, uh, Coach Kyle does a great job. Uh, and her quote here is, is have both of you have mentioned is spot on. I mean, it really is. I, you do all you can, and it can be frustrating as a coach because you see what they're capable of doing. How, how do you even go about addressing it? I mean, I, you've both been doing this for a long time. You especially. How, how do you even go about addressing that or even trying to fix it? Different, how in the world do you fix a mindset? Different ways. I mean, different approaches. Depends on the player. Uh, you have to know your players. You, you have to know how you – can approach them. Uh, you can get on some a lot harder than you can others. Uh, you 
you're, <laughs> it might look different for each player, but it's going to be fair. But, I mean, you, you, you might bring them in with the coaching staff and just have a conversation with them. Or you might pull them to the side during a practice, hey, you know, that's a great shot right there. Just try to maybe build their confidence up a little bit. Throw a positive or two at them before you go the route of what's bothering you. Uh, try to try to fight, figure out what they're doing right at that moment. That's one way. But to teams that teams that I've been around or coached that have uh, splintered apart in tough moments, or when when something you know, goes against them, um, the, the key word is apart, and they become very inward. Head goes down. Nobody talks to each other, and that's going back to what Coach Lewis. That, that means you've got a leadership vacuum. You have. Uh, a, a, an absence of, of leadership. And I think leadership is a word that gets said a lot in sports and nobody really understands what it means. Um, but I think too many times we think of, when we think of a leader in sports, we think of a tyrant. Um, yep. You know, it, that's not, at the high school level, these are peers. They're not going to, unless unless you are an absolute stud, and unless you do, like like if Tim Tebow was here, <laughs> Then he could be a tyrant, and people would listen to him. Uh, you know, but but just regular, you know, player A to player B to player C. You can have good leaders, but it can't. It, it's not about pointing fingers and 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 pointing out the mistakes of others. A lot of times, it's about pointing the thumb and asking how much are you giving. And then once you get to the point where you're individually accountable to yourself and to the standard of the team and what your coaches are asking you to do. Then, how many people are you bringing along with you on that journey? Yeah, it, and and that's where you like you talk about changing a mindset. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. It starts with one kid, and then you continue to challenge them to bring others along with them, and then ultimately, because volleyball has a you know being in the gym for volleyball when a team gets rolling and those girls start screaming, they just start doing their yeah, you know secret handshakes yeah. and chants. Yeah. It's a just like basketball, it's a very momentum, uh, you know, it, 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 it can get rolling on you in the wrong direction and it really quick. And if you don't have kids out there on the floor that are gritty and resilient and together, then it could get spiraling out of control in a hurry. Uh, Coach made a great point there. It, that's, a, that's a tough challenge sometimes if you have this scenario that you've mentioned that you brought up because – and we have conversations about this all the time with the team because – you're right with the leadership thing. Sometimes you hear that word, and, and one of your older girls might think that gives them permission just to yell at their teammates in the locker room or just blast them. No, that's not what we mean. That's that's our job if that needs to be done. And we tell our kids, or I tell them, I've told my teams for years, if you're pointing your finger at somebody or your teammate, you've got three pointing back at you. So let's make sure you're in order first before you, you start putting the blame over there on your teammates. So it's a daily challenge it's a daily conversation I mean uh, with, with your team and just making sure they know what your expectations are and the standards of your program and 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 I know this guy I've known him his whole life and I know that he has his standards and expectations and we talk about this every year we, I look at his handbook every year that he's had and he, by the way you ought to look at that handbook he's put forth um, that I've taken a lot from him on that handbook um but, I mean, it's all laid out right there. There's their standards out. and yeah, things, <laughs> expectations. But it is. That, that's a very difficult scenario. If you don't – first, if you don't have a vocal leader. Or second, if you have 
<laughs> your leader that's that's not really leading the right way. You know, they're not they're not doing it. Best form of leadership is by giving. What are you doing to serve your team? How much are you giving to your team? And then, you know, if your house is in order, like Coach said, and you are, you know, it's not about pointing fingers at others. It's about how much, what more can I do? What more can I do? And uh, if you can build a culture of, of that type of uh, individual accountability, uh, then you'll start to see uh, the, the people that don't fit in with that will be so uncomfortable that they, they won't last very long within the, the walls of your program. And that's kind of what you want. You want it, you want it to be um, uh, so far from the, the quote-unquote disease of me or that you know head-down, uh, shoulder-slumped environment that you want, uh, you want your culture to envelop that and just change it you know, from, from seniors on down um, to where ultimately the people that are not, uh, you know, leading by giving and serving are so uncomfortable that, that they either get with the program or, you know, sometimes have to, to go on and maybe do something else. And this isn't even saying they're going through these problems. I don't. No. I don't know. I mean, I'm just. I'm just going off the quote that you had with Coach Kyle. They might have just lost two tough matches. I mean, that happens too. You know, you might have just lost. Uh, you need to learn from it and move on and go get the next one. Uh, but just talking about leadership and sure. you know, on that realm of things. I mean, it's a it's a daily challenge. And you know, from my experiences, I'm not sure if Coach Kyle's feeling this with her quote talking about mindset you you start questioning okay what else can I do what else do I need to do what am I doing everything just like coach said what are you doing to help the team you you were also asking yourself that as a coach I mean it starts from the top so and then hopefully you have those players that are willing to be a sponge and listen and hopefully learn and, and form a bond with the team that that helps you in the long run. Well, and of course, uh, you know, Andy mentioned this whenever we were talking about soccer. By all means, it's a postseason sport. Everybody's mm -hmm. guaranteed to make the district tournament, and that gives you your chance to advance to the region and so on and so forth. And, I mean, I don't think that there was any better example than what you guys did last year. Right. Um, finished last in the district, roll into the district tournament, knock off a Sevier County team that had been untouched the entire year, and then go on to beat Morristown West to win the district tournament. Right. And, of course, I end up writing an article that I think Bean still want. I mean, a headline that Bean still may want to kill me about um, <laughs> that never saw the light of day. Um, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, I mean, it, those things can happen. And I think that it, it would be naive. I mean, you know, you got a first-year coach and you've got a mix of a young team. You're going to have problems. I mean, I know that both of you guys went through your own struggles. Lord, you look at Nick Saban's first year at Alabama. He had a home loss to Louisiana Monroe and went seven and six. I think he turned out to be okay. You <laughs> know, did. well, I look. We're talking about the volleyball team. I have those same challenges ahead of me right now. I have seven seniors and ten freshmen, right. two juniors and uh, four or five sophomores at the moment. So you have a bunch of seniors, a bunch of freshmen. You you have to. I've I've been working on trying to team bonding things as we speak, and it, it's hard. I mean, it's it's tough, especially when you have a group of underclassmen 
freshmen, sophomores, that could see some significant minutes possibly. But that's that's the good thing about this situation. I mean, do, do you want to be losing right now? Do you want to be going through these challenges right now? No. But go through them now versus October, whenever the postseason starts. Because, I mean, and I know that no coach would ever want this, and certainly no player would ever want it. You can lose every game in the regular season and still go, go play for a state championship. You can, yes, and that, that you're right. No coach wants that. No, is, no, uh, no, nobody that's realistic, does. Realistic, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a reality that could could take place. You're right. So, you know, a lot of lot of matches still be played, and we have some really good volleyball players on our team. So, they'll get it together uh, after these two losses they've had, and they'll well, they're on the road today actually at South Green, I believe. Mm-hmm. So hopefully yes. they get that yeah. bounce back match today. I think that. A lot of what, what Coach Lewis and I are trying to say is that we can uh, certainly empathize with, with what is going on. Absolutely. We've been there. Um, you know, we're not assuming anything uh, no. about – because we don't, we don't know the inner workings of their program. But, um, you know, it, it's as, – as head coaches, you've been there. And, you know, you, you, you kind of have a, an understanding of what, what, what might be going on. And uh, you know, I think for us, we it is a very it's it's extremely hard job. So I mean, uh, when you look at it from the outside looking in, um, I, they're doing the right things. Uh, she's working those kids, and uh, they're gonna have success in the long run. Yes, I agree, guys. Let's move on to golf. Um, Doing just fine right now. Um, Emily, Emily Royston picked up where she left off last year. She's already uh, medaled, had the medalist round three times. Girls have won all four matches that they've had uh, competition in. Um, and the boys aren't doing so bad themselves. Uh, got a couple of wins under their belt, uh, shooting some competitive rounds. Uh, I think Bryson Jurek has got a lot to be happy about right now. Uh, three consecutive rounds as, as – uh... As a medalist, that's that's extremely impressive. Um, yeah, you continue that, and and you'll have a um, a pretty good shot to make some noise in the postseason. Um, not just uh, not just as an individual, but um, with our team. Um, you know, if it, it looks on looks like on the girls' side. Um, you know they're they're going to have a, a a chance to uh, to finish off the year strong and, and go into the postseason with some momentum. Um, <clears throat> on the boys' side, very impressive outing um, with an even par thirty six for for Brody Jones. Um, that's uh, when you get guys when you get guys around. If if you can get you know, basically to compete at the district level right now, you, you need probably three of those guys if you can get that to go on ahead and, and compete at the region level you, you need five um but that's that's very encouraging to see a um to see an even par round um hopefully we can continue that momentum and and because uh, i it's golf is a they've got um you know the, the classification is you've either got the short or the long season and uh, it can be abrupt. So um, I think the district tournament is probably uh, three weeks away, maybe. I mean, it, it's not far. Um, so, you know, right now it's, you, you want to be playing as, as, 
as well as you possibly can heading into the, the last few weeks before you start uh, your tournament play. When Brody shoots that 36 on the same day that the, the boys uh, shoot a 160 as a team, you got four guys that totaled 160, and you know Bryson noted that he, he can't think – since he's been there, he can't think of a time that the boys – had broken 160, so obviously making progress in the right direction, but also the fact that they did it at Patriot Hills, I mean, you have to expect to play your best on the course that you're practicing at day in and day out, right? For sure. I mean, you, you definitely um, – yeah, that that's uh, – golf is a team sport. It definitely has a big home field advantage because you uh, there's, there's more uh, – there's more variability out there. Um, you know, it's not like uh, in Hoosiers where they can step out there and say, well, the ribs are still 10 feet high and the floor is not. No, no, the, the, you can't say that in golf. I mean, uh, Smoky Mountain Golf Course is a lot different than Patriot Hills. Uh, Severeville Golf Club is a lot different than Patriot Hills. So, um, yeah, you, you, you're, you're going to play your best at home because um, that's the course you go play all the time for sure. Well, on that same day, I mean, they played everybody that's left in the IMAC. It's an abbreviated conference now, only four teams. But still, to be able to outshoot Morristown East and Sevier County and then only finish six strokes behind Morristown West, which so far, I think they're, I think what they said, they're playing three times throughout the regular season to help determine, them, and then they're going to take averages to determine the all IMAC team, which I think is not a bad idea rather than make it a, making it a one-match shoot-off. But um, so you're going to get some familiarity with these guys. But so far, Morristown West has been the top in each one of those matches. So to be able to gain ground on those guys, I think is a, I think that's a huge plus. Going back to um, the day when, when Brody fired the, the 36, and um, us shooting 160 as a team. I mean that that's a scoring average of 40, uh, which you know, is. We'll we'll have a uh, an opportunity at the district level to compete um, if you can just lower if if you could get that if you could get it down to, to about a thirty seven or thirty eight average and then turn that into an an eighteen holder you, you would have a you would feel pretty good about uh, uh, your your chances of, of winning the district um, but that that's certainly impressive. Um, uh, to see, and, and you'd like to be able to build on that going toward the uh, postseason. Well, I mean, you mentioned that you you got an average that you want to be around. What is the difference in shooting a 41-42 consistently and then finally, you know, starting break, starting to break 40 on a consistent basis? Uh, for a guy like uh, Cole Osborne who kind of hangs out in that, that – you know, 40, 42 to, to, to uh, every now and then break 40, but wants to consistently get under that so you can get to that, that scoring average where you feel like you can go compete for a district uh, tournament. I mean, realistically, it, it's probably shots around the green. Um, being able to, uh, you know, being able to, to, to turn three into two, being able to get the ball up and down, um, it's not necessarily about making more birdies. Um, guys that that you know, guys, guys that go out and regularly break par don't make a ton of birdies. They just don't make they don't make double bogeys. They don't make a lot of bogeys, and they give themselves a lot of opportunities to make birdies. So, uh, probably starting off with shots around the greens and maybe cleaning some of that up, um, and then you know, getting rid of three putts. 
one of the things that correlates with scoring average the most is greens and regulation. How many greens are you hitting per nine holes or per 18 holes? If, if you go back and look at Tiger's best years, um, his greens and regulation percentage was always uh, number one on tour. So, uh, you know, I mentioned being able to get the ball up and down uh, more often and save, save strokes that way. Um, the more times you hit the green in regulation, the less the rest the less times you have to worry about getting the ball up and down. So, the more opportunities you're giving yourself to make birdies, uh, that's that's probably uh, the biggest difference in being able to um, get to, get to that uh, stroke average that that uh, that Cole would like to get to. And that's even if you have to settle for a lag putt, two putt, three putt. Sure, you, you still got to consider it a, a net gain. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're going out there and you're and that that goes back kind of what I said in the first podcast was, you know, it, it you want to be aggressive to the spot that you're trying to hit it to, but if you're playing to a bunch of tucked pins and uh, you know try, trying to hit it to to shot to to space to places on the course where it's you know you're short siding yourself, it's hard to get the ball up and down. Then yeah, you 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 would be much better off hitting it 25 feet right of the flag giving yourself an opportunity to make birdie, but at worst, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to two-punt and move on. Guys, we'll close this episode with uh, cross-country. Um, uh, we talked uh, pretty in-depth about Bill DeLosier and the, the success that he's had just in now his third year with that program. Um, and just based on their first meet, they've only had one meet so far. They went to North Carolina for the uh, Pioneer Clash of the Classes, a uh, fairly unique event they got separated by class for each race instead of just having a boys run and a girls run um and of course uh his uh his trio of juniors uh connor hodgson gage slagle and gavin slagle another great job all of them in the top five of the all of them in the top five of their class on the boys side and uh I, that i signs certainly seem to indicate that they are well on their way to another trip to uh Middle Tennessee. Awesome. I have uh, I have Gage and Gavin in class. They're extremely competitive. Like, are they competitive with just each other? They're competitive with the table. <laughs> um, they like they they're and they're fiery. You can tell they're very soft spoken, but kind of once you dig at them and and kind of get kind kind of get to know them a little bit. Um, they're, they they have a they have a mean competitive streak. Like I wouldn't want to be on the the, the back side of the cross country course <laughs> with them and like you know maybe 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 we're jostling yeah. for position. I, I, like I think I, like I think that they would get the better of you. And and like yeah, I, I'm sure they're competitive with each other. But if it came right down to it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be the odd man out with them two running beside each other, and I'm wearing a different uniform. I'll say that. Like, think you think you're going to have some sore ribs? Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're not going to come out of there good. Uh, you, you, you're going to be the the cross country guy in the training room. <laughs> but what are your, some of your thoughts on there? Uh, I mean, like I said, we've only got one meet to go off of, but still, I think that the biggest thing is you, you're seeing. It's not just those guys. I mean, the whole team sure. had a had a fairly good event. Um, so obviously, being able to see that they're, you know, they're they're pretty much continuing what they did last year, it doesn't seem like they've missed a beat. Not surprised with Coach Delosier. I mean, he's down there daily working with them. You see them running around campus here each day on certain days, where they might be just on the track doing some technique work. 
Uh, and I've actually, I went to Coach Delozier a couple of weeks back and asked him if he would work with our girls just on some running things with 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 our with our program. And of course, he's all about any Patriot program on campus so he didn't hesitate to say yes and we had them in there that next week uh, out there on the track and he was showing them some things and doing a little training with the basketball team so uh, not surprised with the cross country just just like we will not be surprised come spring when we're talking about the the track and, and how successful those athletes are so can't wait to see how the, our cross country team finishes up the season well, and uh, he actually mentioned that to me. I talked to him uh, at one point last week, and he was talking about how uh, he helped some of the basketball girls. Um, and <laughs> even noted that uh, for him that was a good recruiting opportunity because sure. he was able to present to them, hey, here's the difference in staying step-by-step step with a girl and getting beat by one step or right. two steps. Well, I had just in that one day I had four or five girls that I talked to about running track or, you know, getting down there with Coach Delosier, Miley Parker being one of them, one of my – freshman very talented young lady so just seeing her and a couple of her other teammates down there I thought man that obviously it would do nothing but benefit us as well if they're running track so. well that's that's free off-season <laughs> conditioning for you absolutely. right absolutely I mean they're not going to get a better workout uh, than what they would down there on the on the track with coach Delosier and his coaching staff when I'd probably trust just about any athlete with him uh, I think that they they all end up in good hands absolutely <laughs> over there well just in that one that first day we were down there a couple of our girls Caroline Loveday being one of our seniors I mean they picked up some tips on uh, just running technique and how that will benefit them on the court so very beneficial for us I mean we we are going to go back with him again this week. So, so you know, that's a positive when we can all work together on the campus and have somebody like Coach Delosier that can help them more than what I can in, in regards to being down there on the track and running and, and getting something out of it. Hopefully a little less humidity this time. Well, we didn't get to work with him last week because okay. of, uh, because of, of that. the scenario. Yeah. Because he brought his in, I think it was 6.30, 7 o'clock last week to work out. So. Yeah. We had already been in the gym and, and got out of here by then, but yeah. Guys, you got anything else to add before we uh, before we cut off this episode? Looking forward to the next one to see how much improvement we've we've made and gained just with our programs. Andy, you gonna listen to yourself this time? I don't know. <laughs> I have a cold, so it's probably even worse. Probably sound like a bigger moron. <laughs> All right, guys, I appreciate your time. Thanks to the people. I had a lot of people that listened that that mentioned they've listened. Thank you. Yes. Um, It's a fun thing to do, and hopefully, uh, you know, we we don't want you to just have to listen to me and Coach Lewis. Uh, We're going to get some different people on here and get some student athletes and – We'll get some students, some nuts, some other coaches. So you just don't get bored listening to us. Right. (laughs) Well, in any time, I went to a a breakfast Saturday where I – was able to go over and talk about our basketball program, the Lady Patriots. And so I, I mentioned over there, anytime we can, we get an opportunity to talk about our athletes and our campus and, and brag on the positives that go on here at Jefferson County High School, then absolutely we'll do it anytime, anywhere. Because a lot of times you only hear negatives. Yep. You know, that's the first thing people want to, people want to be negative. People are just negative for whatever reason. And, you know, we, we want to bring positivity because, I, I, to me personally, you're not going to see a much prettier campus 
driving by than what we have here with our athletic programs and, and the building itself. Uh, I think I can speak for Coach Lewis when I say that we both you know, been here and, and gone other places and, and have done this, the, the same job that we're doing right now. And uh, but he doesn't get much better. It does. Valley. It does. I'm, I'm proud to be a Patriot. One of the first things we talked about, and I might have be, we might have mentioned this already in one of the podcasts or in the paper, talked about just how clean our campus is. I mean, you go to other schools, check out the, the gyms or the, the football stadium or the campus itself, just the school in general. If you walk around the school building, our custodians just do a heck of a job on keeping this place clean. And I, that, that makes you proud. I mean, that, that's something to be proud of. And yep. um, anytime you have an opportunity to brag on, on our leadership, then, you know, we're going to do it. And anytime we have an opportunity to brag on our, our athletes and our kiddos here at Jefferson County, then absolutely, I'm all for this uh, Jeff Co to Go podcast because of that, just to highlight our students here. One of the things I said earlier in the podcast is those – those schools that the Science Hills, the Oak Ridges, the Dobbins Bennett's of the world, they make it very important for those kids. And they understand the importance. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why Coach Lewis and I, you know, want to be a part of anything that we can is because our kids need to understand that it's important. Mm-hmm. And yep. people people look, you know, it, it, it is important here. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about, we could have a podcast on that stuff and not even have to talk about certain teams, you know. We could talk about the... The, the, the campus in general and what what all good things we have going on here and not just in the athletic department mm-hmm. I mean uh, <laughs> just our band our uh, performing arts program that we have here I mean just all the things that that we were involved with last year and things we were able to get our players to go attend and it's it's unbelievable all the things that we have going on here just so many positives. I mean, it's real easy for people to get on social media and be negative about whatever they want to be negative about. But we have so many positives going on here, and we love it. Guys, I think that's good. Uh, everyone, till next time, from the Patriot Room, as Bo would want me to tell you, I'm Dennis Parker, Jr., signing off with Bo Lewis and Andy Hill. We'll talk to you next time. Go Patriots.